0: you've got mail hi everybody welcome to the highlight zone i'm paul cook and i want to talk for a few minutes today about email what's the deal with email i'll give you a little bit of background here Um, i've been asked to do alongside one of my colleagues uh, in the speech communication department We've been asked to do a talk later this month uh, to a local bank, um, and specifically to their supervisors, about communication in the workplace and interpersonal relations, and so my um, portion of this is going to be focused on, on email. I've been asked to talk about email from the standpoint of best practices in workplace communication, and so I'm putting this together a couple of weeks in advance. We're scheduled for two weeks from today, Friday morning. We're going to give this little hour long workshop and, and I wanted to get something out there so I could start, well, I've already started brainstorming, but I wanted to get this out so that I could get, maybe get some feedback from people on what I've got so far. And then also hear some of your ideas about what you think I should add or take away or tweak or revise. Um, so. Here's what we're planning on doing, and I'll talk about my my piece. My colleague Joanne Kaiser um, in communication arts is going to talk more about the interpersonal communication piece. Uh, and specifically, she's going to kind of focus on oral communication and responding rather than reacting, which I think is fantastic. I'm going to focus more on the email portion and kind of, you know, the nature of email as a communication medium, when to use it, when not to use it. So, here's what I have planned. And again, I'm, I'm eager to hear uh, any and all feedback. So the number one thing I want to start with, I think, is I want to talk about the, uh, a little bit about how email has been around as a key feature, a ubiquitous feature of our communication experience in the workplace and school and other organizations going back 25 years at least. Uh, of course, it's, it actually goes back to the early 1970s, but um, in terms of when most Americans were actually using email in the workplace, uh, you can go back about 25 years to the mid-1990s. And uh, really, for a lot of us, um, email didn't become a, a ubiquitous part of, of work or school until probably the early 2000s. So I'm thinking maybe a couple of decades ago, 2001, t- 2002, I was doing some research the other day on the pew research center you know they do a lot of really good statistical research on um, the internet on uh, internet usage and email and things like that and they were saying that as early as the end of 2002 so 20 years ago not not quite 20 years ago um, something like close to 90 percent of american workers uh, we're using email on a regular basis. So the vast majority of American, um, you know, I, I, I think this was like white, you know, white collar workers, office workers, things like that, uh, were already 20 years ago using, using email um, on a regular basis. And so the, the point that I want to foreground initially is that email is a medium. It's a communication medium that we are all very familiar with. It's been around for a very long time. I think we all feel very comfortable with it. And yet that doesn't necessarily mean that we know how to use it in every situation. So I want to talk uh, first about kind of how email is a medium that can be really tricky, that you should never email when you are angry, for example. You should never email Uh, um, uh, before uh, taking an opportunity to think about what you want to put into your message. And I mean, a lot of this is really common sense type stuff when you start to actually articulate it. But I think there again, it's the kind of thing that we tend to forget, particularly in the heat of the moment or when emotions get in the way. So never email angry. That's my first, first rule. I don't know if I'm going to start with that or not, but that's kind of... I guess rule number one. Rule number two: save your dunks for the basketball court. <laughs> so, um, if you've, you know, if you've received an email, you you know, maybe it's an ongoing thread, and you, um, you, you come up with this kind of brilliant, or what you think of as a brilliant dunk on someone, and you think, oh wow, now I've got them, you know, I've got this awesome comeback, or I've got this really funny um reply even if you think it's funny and harmless i have learned the hard way okay and i want to say at the outset look i i mean to the extent that i know anything at all about what i'm talking about here when it comes to email i know it through hard-earned lessons and things that i have done wrong so i think i want to foreground that too but uh, you know i mean even if you think it is a brilliant reply and harmless and innocent and funny and that everybody on the thread is going to get a great big laugh. Um, 99 times out of a hundred, I would say, uh, as I'm saying here, save your dunks for the basketball court. Right. So in other words, you know, email is not the medium to be dunking on people. It is not the medium, even in a friendly, you know, uh, sort of cuddly way, it, you know, it, it, even when it's someone that, you know, really, really well, and maybe you go back 10 years or more, you know, I've, I've been at IU Kokomo now for a decade. I mean, so there are people there that I know that I've known for a very long time, but I don't know that um, that it's always the the best idea to, you know, to, to, to be snarky or sarcastic, uh, or funny, you know, try to be funny and clever in email because you just, it's a tricky medium. You never know how people are going to take these things. Um, and it's just better to, to not do it over, over email. Um, One that I've started paying more and more attention to, avoid emailing important stuff on your phone. Some folks take their their work email off their phone altogether. I think that's brilliant. I don't know that that is necessarily possible for everyone. Some people really like the convenience of being able to monitor email on their phone, and I certainly understand that. But uh, I know I've run into situations before where i have replied to people on my phone and i have missed some key element you know because i wasn't reading carefully enough because you know usually when you're on your phone you're kind of you're doing something else and so you're not giving that person your full attention and even if you are i think and maybe i'm reading too much into this but i think there might be a sense in which you know people see that little uh sent from my iphone tagline and they think well my goodness you know i he didn't you know uh don't i warrant a a a, you know a desktop email you know i'm getting (laughs) i'm getting phone emails i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into that but um but i feel like if it's something really important it can probably wait until you get back to your desktop and you have a chance to really focus on it and that's what i'm getting at here when i say avoid emailing important stuff on your phone you know, I think it's easier to focus on a desktop to, 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 you know, or or a laptop, right? But to make sure that you've read, that you've thought, phone emailing just lends itself to, again, reacting um, rather than responding, which is something that Joanne's going to cover. But you know, to me, it just seems way too easy to just react. And I think reacting can be bad with email. Along those same lines, my fourth uh rule is set aside dedicated blocks of time to attend to email so I've been reading a little bit of Cal Newport's work lately Cal Newport is he's he's a he's a uh, kind of a business and technology writer but he uh, he he writes about this notion of digital minimalism which I think is really interesting in fact he has a book fairly recent book I think it was 2019. Uh, called Digital Minimalism. He's also written a couple of pieces recently for the Chronicle of Higher Education. Uh, he was interviewed recently, actually, uh, just about a month ago, for an article um, in the Chronicle of Higher Education that I can link to off of this Substack uh, um, called, um, it was by Lindsay Ellis called Higher Ed's Productivity Poison. Um, but he wrote a, a piece in the Chronicle a couple of years ago called uh, Is Email Making Professors Stupid? And his basic point is that email is really an attention sucker. And so we're sitting there and I think everyone can kind of relate to this. You're working on something, you're writing something, maybe you're writing another email, maybe you're working on a lesson plan, maybe you're writing a memo, maybe you're in a zoom meeting, trying to concentrate or focus on what's happening in the meeting. The email dings, we look over at it, pretty soon we get sucked into that email. Oh my goodness, what does so and so want? Or what is this? Or maybe it's a piece of bad news or maybe it's a piece of news that we think might be bad. And before we we realize it, our attention has been completely taken away, um, completely distracted from the task at hand and we're focusing on this email. Well then, we have to, in order to refocus on the task at hand, we have to completely, uh, you know, kind of reset and restart. And it takes our brains a bit of time. This is, a, again, according to Cal Newport, it takes our brains a bit of time uh, and energy, uh, you know, intellectual energy, to refocus and to reset on the task at hand. And so his advice, in part, is to set aside kind of dedicated blocks of time. And really, he's he's i would say based on what i've read he's he's kind of anti-email um but uh in in a lot of ways Uh, but um of course not everyone i guess can can afford to to be to be anti-email but but his his advice is to is to really severely limit the amount of time that you allow yourself to spend on email and he talks in in the article that i mentioned um uh, the the more recent one about uh, uh, higher ed's productivity poison he is interviewed in, in that piece by Lindsay Ellis, and he talks a little bit about how, um, you know, before the days of email, people were much more productive because they were actually able to focus on tasks uh, for long periods of time. Of course, back then there there weren't smartphones either, uh, so there you have it. But um, but I think that's a, that that's an interesting focus, and so I want to talk in this workshop a little bit about the idea of setting aside times blocks of time where you can focus on your email and let that be the task that you're focusing on rather than trying to, and I know I am guilty of this, I I do it all the time, trying to be quote productive uh, by writing emails and replying to emails while you are trying to do something else. That is always, almost always a recipe for disaster. And I don't know that we actually uh, get any more caught up by doing that. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, rule number five. Sometimes email is not the medium for the message um, to uh, riff a little bit there on Marshall McLuhan. So uh, sometimes uh, email is is not the best best means of communication. Sometimes um, it's better to actually have a conversation with someone, whether that's in person or over Zoom you know one of the things that i i have felt myself in terms of the pandemic and kind of doing so much online now is that i miss out on those impromptu often serendipitous conversations that we have in the hallways where you might run into someone that you've been needing to ask something of or talk you know talk to or plan and you're able to work out in a matter of minutes over a brief in-person impromptu conversation what would have taken you much much longer to do over email and that's just one example so you know i think knowing when to use email and when not to use email to accomplish a particular task i think is important Um, you know do people still pick up the phone and call anymore i don't know uh, right i mean um, you know sometimes that that is kind of uh, rife with its own uh, <laughs> with its own politics. You know, calling people on the phone can be oftentimes an unwelcome intrusion as well. But uh, but sometimes that's that's a better option. So um, if folks can think of like specific examples, I would love to hear some of these from you uh, that that I can use here. Okay, uh, number six: resist the urge to kitchen sink it. Um, so. You know, this you've probably received emails before from someone where, um, you know, they've put nine or ten different really important things into the email, but and they're all important or and they're all worthwhile, but there's nine or ten of them right in a single email, and so it makes for a very long email rather than taking on one of these at a time uh, and kind of streamlining it. um, Someone has packed all of this information into the email now that can be useful when you are maybe, you know, when you are kind of the point person or the clearinghouse for information, like if you're a coordinator and you're kind of sending out an email blast to people that just, you're not asking for them to respond necessarily. You're just asking, you're just giving them information. You're basically sending them a newsletter with information, with instructions, with links, whatever. That may be an exception, but you know, when you're trying to have a back and forth over email, and uh, you're putting six or seven different items into the same email, what you're doing is you're asking the person on the other end to reply to six or seven in-depth items. And that can often be uh, unwelcome to say the least. Number seven, emojis in professional workplace communication. What is the current status on this? You know, I see people using emojis. I think they can be used effectively. I don't know. I think they have to be used carefully. I think there's a whole ethos thing here. For those who don't know, ethos has to do with the way that you present yourself in writing, the kind of persona or the image that you were building. Um, so. Emojis in professional communication. Again, I've seen people do it well. You know, I think a well-placed winky face can be, can be really helpful um, and and effective in some instances. But I've also seen people do it really poorly, and so that's one that I don't really know. I mean, I, I would love to hear from folks. Like, what do you think about the use of emojis? Is it kind of a can we say never ever ever under any circumstances, or can we say maybe, you know, do it? Only when you're 110% sure that it's the right thing to do, I, I don't know. Okay, and then number eight. Um, and this, I've already mentioned this, but taking time to avoid email altogether in a search for work-life balance. And again, talk about one that I struggle with mightily. I am, you know, always inundated with email. I don't get as many emails as some people on my campus do, but I know I get quite a few and I have this, thing where I feel like I can't do anything else unless I've replied to everyone and I think I've gotten a little bit better about that but then you're always haunted by this feeling that well my goodness if I don't reply to so and so are they going to think that I'm ignoring them and then what are the implications of that so um, you know I think taking time to avoid email to achieve a kind of uh, work-life balance is really important but my goodness how do you how do you manage that right so Those are the eight that I have so far. Um, Of course, I would like to have 10 just to get 10 because you know, 10 is uh, two hands, five and five, but eight may be enough. If you've got two more for me, if you've got two more that you think have to be included, if you think one of these is stupid and I should take it out or if one of these is redundant or um, needs to be tweaked or revised in some way, please let me know. I'm doing this to try to receive feedback and maybe you, We're able to take something useful from this. I don't know. I hope so. Um, but if, if not, perhaps you could uh, supply some useful information for me in the form of revision. Thank you for listening to this little kind of, uh, podcast episode slash plea for help. Um, I hope everyone has a really wonderful MLK Jr. Uh, weekend this weekend. Um, And I'll come back at some point with maybe another one of these little email blasts uh, with a podcast. Take care. You've got mail. You've got mail.